And welcome to Food for Thought. I'm Dee Anderson. And I'm Laura Mangone. On a beautiful sunny day. Beautiful sunny day. Although it snowed last night. It did. It you, did. We, got had. More, we got more snow than you did. Did you? Yeah, we had about an inch of snow on the ground this morning. Huh. Yeah. All right. So food. So food. I've been food. cooking up a storm lately. Yeah. Yes. Just for my husband and I, um, and as usual, if I have anything left over, I make up little portion packs for Uncle Joe. Um, I got my grill out a couple of on Sunday. It was kind of nice, and have our big grill in the backyard. So I uncovered it and lit it, and yeah, I've been cooking on the grill like every day, even if it's freezing outside. I'm outside on the grill. I do it all year. Yeah, I know. I love it. I mean, what's the big deal? You put a, a jacket on. Yeah. People sometimes, they put those covers on the whole winter as if it's just, you it's know, intolerable. locked up for the season. <sighs> no, I know. I I've been known to, time. like, uh, shovel a, a path of, of snow to, to the, the grill. grill. So yeah, that you can absolutely. Grill. Yeah. yeah. So um, I had some errands to run where, um, as you know, I'm going to Guatemala at the end of next week. So I'm tidying up last minute things and picking up some last minute donations, some construction materials. And I was over in our old neighborhood, sort of the Hamilton area. And there's this old seafood place called the Shrimp King, which um, is run by this really nice Greek man who remembered me. I literally have not stepped foot in the store in it's got to be 15 years. He remembered you? 15 years. Yeah, I walked in. He said, hey, you own the restaurant, don't you? I said, yeah, hi, how are you? I had no idea. I, I remembered his face. I didn't remember his name. And uh, I said, yeah, yeah. He said, where you been? Do you still live here? I said, no, we actually we lived up in Hunterdon County for a while. And although I would pop over there because he has awesome, he's got the selection that's just as nice as Nassau Street in Princeton. And, and, this is and where? for locals, it's in Hamilton, New Jersey. Huh. And the people in Princeton know that Nassau Street, while it has fabulous seafood, it's super expensive. Super expensive. Super expensive. So like I bought forty dollars a pound for tuna. Expensive. Yeah. So I got uh, a pound of really nice shrimp that were bigger than sixteen twenties. He had them labeled as sixteen twenties, but they were larger. I got um, a nice, about an inch and a half cut of a swordfish fillet, sort of swordfish steak. And what else? Would he cut it, cut them to order? He cuts them to order. He had a nice side in there, and I told him about an inch and a half slab <laughs> steak. And what else? Oh, he, um, as I mentioned, he's Greek, and he has always all kinds of Greek treats, and he had spinach and feta pie, which I cannot refuse. Mm-hmm. Got a piece of that, and he had just come out. Of, I, it smelled delicious in there. As soon as I walked in, I said, what are you baking? Something smells really good. He said, I just made my great-grandmother's uh, rice pudding recipe. I said, ooh, that sounds good. He said, yeah, I'll give you some. So I got a sword fit, a nice... It probably was a pound and a half, maybe even more, because it was pretty thick. Mm-hmm. A pound of shrimp, a little bit bigger than 1620s. Mm-hmm. 
a thing of rice pudding and a nice big hunk, like four by uh, five inch by five inch, four inch thick hunk of spinach and feta pie. And it was 32 bucks. Oh my God. I know. It's cheap, right? What? Yeah. I know. Usually the shrimp alone uh, are 18, 19 bucks you a spent, pound. You spent like twice that last week at the Stockton Market. And I know. Got we like got nothing. Exactly. Uh, you're right. Almost twice that, wasn't it? You got some seafood salad, or what'd you get? I got scongealy salad. salad. And, and crab claw. Those crab, crab claws, claws were expensive. Although. We had them for two days. Nice so you had to have a pound of shrimp. I had a pound giant of shrimp. shrimp. Giant, not sixteen twenties. What's the next one? Um, uh, oh, 13, 12 14s? 12, 13, 15s. Yeah. He said they were sixteen twenties, but they weren't. 16, yeah, right. 20s. You know what a sixteen twenty yeah, was. It was like. not. They were bigger. They were nice. And pound the swordfish. I mean, right there is. Easily fifteen and fifteen, right? Yeah, thirty bucks. I know. Unless he kept me a big deal, but I don't, I don't think he, he did. probably because he remembered you from fifteen years ago. I think he had no, a crush I on do, you. I don't think he did. Well, he did give me the rice pudding, which was, uh, you know, it wasn't my mother's. It wasn't mine. It was. I just, I could pass on rice pudding. Oh my god! Every time. No, I love it. My sister-in-law makes the best rice pudding. Oh my gosh! I, I don't get it. I will Creamy? never get the rice pudding thing. Really? I've had I'm going to bring you some. Don't okay. you like cre- do you not like creamy? Who doesn't like creamy? <laughs> creamy and sweet and oh. Um I'm going to make you some. Laura, you know, you know what? It's made out of rice. I know, but it's delicious. <laughs> so good. There's certain things I just wouldn't I've got I have a co- a, a pint of haagen Swiss almond vanilla in there. And I, I'm not even tempted to eat it. Yeah, I never... Uh, ice cream doesn't do it for me. Homemade chocolate chip cookies. That would, All right, so now, that would do it for me with a big glass of milk. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. So back to... So you did. You had this amazing shopping experience, which right. now I actually want to go so there. This is why, this is why... So one night I made the swordfish, and I made it... Um, I didn't quite that marinate was my next it, but I rubbed it with lemon zest and black pepper. And I had made a while ago some lemon oil, just with um, lemon rind and oil. And you let mm-hmm. it sit. So I sort of put the oil, black pepper, and lemon zest on it and grilled it. It was delicious. And because it was so thick, it was like really moist. I didn't yeah. overcook it. It was really nice on the grill. Yeah, and it was like freezing cold and almost going to snow the other day, and I'm outside grilling swordfish, but it was good. Uh, Then with the shrimp, I made a green sauce, which I love, a green sauce, like just a salsa verde. I put a tomatillo, a little bit of jalapeno, no ribs, no seeds, so it wasn't super hot. A little garlic. Um, What else did I put in it? put a little bit of white wine in it i put cilantro and that was it oh and parsley sorry a ton of parsley cilantro and parsley cilantro and parsley and a little bit of garlic yes okay and i sort of just tossed the shrimp with it and left it for about an hour 
and grilled them with that. But then I had retained half of the sauce. And after they came off the grill, I slathered them again. Oh, my gosh. Delicious. It sounds really good. <laughs> it was really good. Then what did I do the next night? Oh, actually, in between the sword, the swordfish and the shrimp night, I made lamb chops. Not babies, just regular center cut uh, lamb chops. You mean the big, the regular, big ones? Regulation, not lollipops, not babies. Yeah, regulation. I love lamb them, chops. but the people complain that they're tough. No, they were not tough. They were delicious. Um, and and where'd those, you buy the lamb? Where'd you buy those? I bought those at Shoprite. Huh? Yeah. I never see that cut anymore. Oh yeah, they have them. Okay, or in my Shoprite. In my shop, no, my shop right is the best. You know that. And what did I do with those? I put. It seems like I use the same things over and over again. Black pepper. I put some. I have a separate coffee grinder that I just do herbs in. Mm-hmm. So I pulverized um, rosemary and mm-hmm. black peppercorns, and I rubbed that all over them, and garlic and a little bit of oil. Mm-hmm. Grilled those babies outside. Yum. They were delicious. And, you know, it wasn't just like a protein fast. I had other things to go with everything. Actually, the night I made the lamb, I made really good um, sort of Moroccan couscous Mm -hmm. with onions, garlic. Um, After I saute the onions and the garlic, and I have a decent amount of fat in there, I put in cumin and I put in turmeric Mm -hmm. and I let the herbs sort of roast together. Then I threw in some sliced zucchini, and I cooked that, let that cook down. Then I put some chicken broth, let it cook a little bit more, and threw a couple of cups of couscous in it. Just stirred it around, covered it, let it sit. Couscous, couscous is awesome, isn't it? No. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I like is, or do you like Israeli, like the bigger? If I'm going to have couscous, I would prefer the bigger right. Israeli. Well, yeah. I had a combination of both. It was because I had, in the I, cupboard, I had regular couscous and I had Israeli. So it was a little big, little small. It was delicious. I prefer, uh, so much prefer a grain. Like, um, I mean, couscous is a, is a pasta Basically, right. it's not a yeah. grain. So I mm-hmm. would I would much prefer like a bulgur or a quinoa, which right. is not a grain; it's a seed. But yeah, couscous. It's just anything. Anything. I love it. Pasta. I, I'm really I, fresh pasta. I know, or, but it has so much veggies in it. It, it. You know, it was more vegetable than grain. Right. I guess I just that's all I eat is vegetables. So, so um, did I tell you I? I we we might have brought this up uh, when you said Moroccan. It reminded me of a dish. But, but couscous is a wheat. It is a grain. It's two different sizes of well, grain. Com- okay, but it it's comes- more grain than pasta. Well, it comes just like pasta. A box of ranzoni pasta is made from wheat. Right, but it's unprocessed. It's like a whole kernel, so it's better for you than just you know a. a- bleached or a processed flour pasta okay um but anyway moroccan uh a vegetarian dish that i made for my client Mm -hmm. which she really liked was um i take cauliflower and i make a slice um a thick slice like an inch through Mm -hmm. the whole head Mm -hmm. so you've got a nice slab Mm -hmm. of cauliflower 
brush it with a little bit of uh, olive oil, um, cumin, mm-hmm. and coriander. Mm-hmm. And then take a sweet potato, take a couple of slices. Mm-hmm. In this case, if you have a giant sweet potato, maybe you just want one slice sitting on top of the cauliflower. Right. But if I, have the, I had a small sweet potato, so I put two. So you're kind of Building almost covering like a, the, the cauliflower. You're making like a, Napole- like a vegetable Napoleon yeah. sort of stacking. Mm-hmm. And then you roast those with the same seasoning. Mm-hmm. And then, so then you put them on a, in a baking dish with just some, I started with just regular marinara, but then to Moroccanize it, I mm-hmm. added a little bit of uh, cinnamon, mm-hmm. allspice. Right. You know. um, put on your cauliflower on top of that with mm-hmm. your sweet potato and then a whole bunch of feta cheese, Yum. which isn't technically Moroccan, but right. it worked. Good. Sounds delicious. So what what other cooking can we talk about? Uh, I'm making tonight. I'm making. Speaking of Moroccan, Moroccan turkey meatballs. Uh huh. Because <laughs> Uncle Joe loves them, and I just gave him his last pack when I did my last food delivery. <laughs> so how do you make your Moroccan turkey uh, meatballs? I make them out of turkey. Yep. Ground breast. Mm-hmm. Only, not dark meat. Lean. Yeah. Lean stuff. Lean. Um, onion, garlic, and you just do everything in the Cuisinart and just throw it, you know, you make meatballs, onion, garlic, um, pretty much equal parts of cilantro, mint, and parsley, um, garlic, what else? So cilantro, mint, parsley. Cilantro, mint, parsley, pretty much equal quantities, but a lot, like almost a whole bunch in right. a in a you know, I don't know what I usually make two pounds, three pounds mm-hmm. of turkey, um, onion and garlic, breadcrumb, no breadcrumb. So carb-free turkey meatballs. Yeah. Now you're talking cumin. Cumin. Cinnamon. Yeah. Black pepper. Sometimes I put a splash of um, one of my Dominican hot sauces in it, mm-hmm. just for a little zip. And a couple of eggs. And that's it. And I throw it in the turkey. Choo, choo, choo. I do them in the oven, roll them, bake them in the oven with nothing. Um... And, and then what kind of sauce? I usually make just a sort of like a green sauce, just an onion, garlic, a little bit of broth. It's almost just like a clear, but I zip it up with herbs and cumin and, you know, just what we normally think of Moroccan spices are. Sometimes I put, a, sometimes I put a star anise in it. Yes. <laughs> no. I love that flavor. This sounds very um, diet friendly. Yeah. There's no, there's, it's no carbs, no carbs. And the amount of fat is really minimal. Yeah. Cause it's turkey breast and you're not introducing any other fat. Other I'm than not a tiny bit with the eggs. That's it. So can you yeah. make me some? I can make you some. <laughs> I will bring you some. So I'll bring you some. So anyway, we're running out of time. When we come back, um, we're mm-hmm. going to be ta- discussing some recipes mm-hmm. um, of some sort. <laughs> I'll figure we'll it out. Be, we'll be talking about food. <laughs> we of will. Some sort. Some sort we of will. food. On Food for Thought. We'll be right back. <laughs> Do you? 
use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $2 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're being taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $2. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 45 blue pills or 45 yellow pills for $99 and add 5 more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call us at 800-359-9116 and get your 50 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now. 800-359-9116. 800-359-9116. 800-359-9116. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Are you over the age of 60 and been diagnosed with lung cancer? If so, you and your family may qualify for a cash award. Our experienced attorneys are standing by to evaluate whether you have a lung cancer claim that qualifies you for a cash award. The consultation is absolutely free, and there is no risk and no money out of pocket. We only receive a fee when we secure you and your family a settlement. 250,000 people are diagnosed with lung cancer every year. You're not alone in this battle. We can help make sure that you and your family are financially safe and that medical expenses are covered. Again, if you've been diagnosed with lung cancer and are over age 60, call now. Don't delay. There are deadlines for filing claims. We're standing by 24-7. Call us at 1-855-398-1754. 1-855-398-1754. That's 1-855-398-1754. Attorney Advertising. William Stephacker Jr. is the attorney responsible for this ad. Main office, Grant, Pennsylvania. May not be available in all states. And welcome back to Food for Thought. We're back. We're back. And we were discussing over the break. What do you want to start with? The lamb? Um, yeah. This. Um, so... Because we are a national show, this is um, would be pertinent because people can look at it up. Look it up on Netflix. Mm-hmm. There's a series called The Cook's Table, uh, Chef's Table. Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they spotlight um, different culinary masters slash people that are just doing interesting things with food. Um, one series that I saw. Uh, last month was about a woman in Tibet who started cooking in a, a Tibetan monastery and all of her practices and just the photography and the the scenery it's just a really beautifully shot <clears throat> program okay. and it's mesmerizing and when I can't sleep at night even though I've seen an episode, I put it on again because it's just so relaxing to watch. Really? I'm telling you, the photography is phenomenal. Does it feel sort of PBS-like? Yes, totally. Completely. Okay. completely. So I watched two episodes last night. Um, one is about a woman named by the name of Christina Martinez, who, and this was actually more, not more about, but equally about the food that she prepares and her story, she's an immigrant from um, central Mexico, uh, 
and how she came to the country and her relationships and her relationship with her daughter and her sensibility about food. And what she does is, and she's pretty much the only one in the Northeast. She's been written up numerous times in lots of magazines. She's sort of like a rock star right now, a culinary rock star right now. And she does barbacoa. So barbacoa is where we get the word barbecue from. Which I never knew. And it started in the Caribbean and Mexico. And basically it's a style of cooking meat, which is large cuts of meat. In her case, she makes lamb, but you could do it with other things. And traditionally they would um, dig a big pit Mm -hmm. in sand and dirt. And it was like you had a pit in your house as opposed to an oven, you had a pit. Mm-hmm. And they make the fire in the bottom of it with wood, and they put these, um, as you would think, tropical leaves to sort of cushion whatever you're putting in. Mm-hmm. And as time goes on, or um, originally they would just put the meat right in that pit, but now they do a receptacle in there as well, so they're catching all of the broth and whatnot. But traditionally, it was just done on the hot leaves. And for her lamb, it's always lamb, and she seasons it with salt and onions and a ton of orange juice. And that's sort of to to break it down. And I mean, just the photography, like she showed. um, So this is a whole leg of lamb. No, it's a whole lamb. Oh, a whole lamb. It's a whole lamb. It's everything. It's the flank. It's the legs. It's everything. The head, everything. Is he... is he is he deskinned? Yes, he's de- he's butchered. That's what I was just going to say. Okay. She, as a young child, would help her dad with the butchering. Oh my god! So I mean, it's you know, it's part of being a carnivore. Um, so you layer it in there in a certain way with the orange, beautiful oranges, gorgeous big green, gorgeous oranges, um, and salt and onions. And, oranges, salt, and onions, and they cover it up, and it, and they, you know, pack the the dirt on top of basically leaves. You know, when they do it in a receptacle, there's a cover to the pot, but then they do the way they used to do it, which was layers of leaves and rocks and earth, and they basically pack it into the ground, and it stays there for ten to twelve hours. And when you open that thing, oh my goodness. Um, So they serve the consomme, which is the broth that everything has been cooked in. Mm, Which I... And drooling thinking about that. I know. Absolutely. And she uses, you know, you'll... I don't you I'm sure you've seen this somewhere traditionally when they're making like fresh tacos somewhere they have that big round cutting board and just a slab of meat and they're chopping 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 so she makes tacos from it she makes all different dishes from it her traditional is just the barbacoa tacos and she's in South Philly and we need to go (laughs) we're going she's in South Philly she's in South Philly so that was one of the shows again it's called Chef's Table it's on Netflix there's a million different episodes I highly recommend the the one with the um, Tibetan woman I don't remember her name and then the next episode that I watched was a gentleman named Musa in Istanbul who is basically a food anthropologist and he started in bakeries doing traditional um, flatbreads um, in Istanbul and 
well, all over Turkey, you know, they have flatbreads. They, what we usually think of as Mediterranean foods with dips and tahinis and hummuses, those types of things are always served on beautiful flatbreads or lavash. Mm-hmm. So he started as a, a baker when he was, was a kid, was living in the country and then moved back to Istanbul and was working in restaurants. And now it is sort of his mission, just like we in America have Southern cuisine, you know, we could count on our, on our hands. There's Southern cuisine, there's Creole cuisine, there's New England cuisine, there's Tex-Mex, there's, you know, we have regional foods and just like other countries, you know, in Italy, Northern is much different than Southern in terms of food. So he, it's his mission to bring back regional Turkish foods. So because you were saying that he, he was in, yeah, he was in a classroom in Istanbul talking to some of the students and asking, you know, what was on their, um, you know what they were working on and he's this is a culinary culinary school, school okay. and was asking them you know do you know about this do you know about that and they didn't know any of the items he was mentioning which he was after he left the culinary school it was very touching he was like almost in tears because you know these are this the foods of these it's like a it's lost their heritage it's their heritage yeah. like they know french cuisine just like any chef that goes to cooking school might Myself included, you know, you learn all about French cuisine, but you don't learn about your own indicative, your region, your culture, your not that we don't cover American cuisine, but the basis of are you but are you saying also that there's certain cuisines that are more susceptible to being sort of diluted or forgotten, you know, with definitely, technique because definitely. like Turkish is not you know, there's not tons of the it's not as popular, but it is in Turkey, right? But I'm just saying um, that they are and more they at that's risk. That's what I'm saying. When they're in school, they're learning other cuisines. They're not learning their own cuisine. Right. So he's trying. He, as a food anthropologist, quote unquote, he's trying to emphasize the importance of regional cuisine in his own city in Istanbul in Turkey. So it's it's really anyway. Chef's Table, it's on Netflix. You can find tons of episodes. I think they're in season, or how many volumes? There's probably like five or six right now. And it's just incredible. Just really, you should check it out. Now, speaking of how much time do we have to segment? Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of um, authentic, original cuisines, Mm -hmm. and we've talked about this guy on the show before, mm-hmm. but we're, we'll repeat it. And this is a guy, I, I wasn't sure how I felt. He was always one, one of my favorite TV chefs. Mm-hmm. Um, Graham Kerr? No. Who? Oh. The Frug. Oh. Yeah. But then, you know. What happened to him? Well, he died, and then there was some speculation that he was a little bit of a pedophile. Oh, I didn't know that. So... Who knows? But that was never proven. So I just choose to, you know, ignore it. That's right. (laughs) I just, I mean, he's dead. I, I honor his memory in terms of his TV personality. Um, The one, he was the one that turned me on to the idea of the Turkish, speaking of Turkish food, Mm -hmm. um, the Turkish coffee grinder. 
to use as a pepper mill. Right. Because it's just so much more effective. There's right. nothing that right. makes me more crazy than how long I have to stand there twisting my my pepper mill because it's just if you like right. a lot of pepper, it takes a long time. Jeff Smith. Yeah, Jeff Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to all, and I'll never forget. I it irked the one thing he he was a proponent of, which I always thought was ridiculous, was not peeling his ginger. Have you ever heard of anybody not yeah, peeling their ginger? Absolutely, you can just scrub it. Yeah, but that skin, you just scrub it. You cook. You eat the skin of carrots sometimes. You eat the skin of lots of other things that you just wash. Potatoes. I could swear potatoes. that I actually I listen potatoes, to potatoes which are in the ground. <laughs> no, I'm please. I like the, most things. I I yeah, so want ginger, the skin. Yeah, I want the skin. But ginger, I actually I was 20 years old when I was watching this guy, so I remember saying, "Oh, that's weird," and I. Mm. Made something I, with I chopped ginger without peeling it, and I thought, no, this is it needs to be peeled. It was like a different consistency to the skin. I don't peel mine. <laughs> I never knew this about you. Yeah. All right. Half the time, I'm putting it in the Cuisinart to zip it into a sauce or a marinade or a. And if I'm just slicing, maybe it depends discs, how you're having it. If I were to do a chutney or something, discs, maybe I wouldn't. It's, it's but if innocuous. I were doing like a stir fry, fry with fresh ginger, I think I would want it. I mean, the- I would scrape off like or cut off if there's any hard knuckles on it. But the thin, it's thin skin. It just uh, dissipates. I know. Um, so I'm sorry to to sidetrack. I was just looked up Jeff Smith. Yeah, he paid plaintiffs. He had to pay. Yeah. Bummer. I didn't, well, know that, I didn't know that about him. It, it, me neither. Well, but he was a good chef. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- we've talked about this before, but and this this is one of my favorite cookbooks, the Frugal Gourmet on Our Immigrant Ancestors. So it sort of ties in with what you're saying, and he goes back to, you know, really the old school, authentic way that these different cultures would would make their foods. And one thing, and this is the only book I've ever found with this particular type of recipe for Piri Piri. Okay. Now, in his recipe for Piri Piri, you fill a one-quart glass canning jar, one-third full of tiny hot dried peppers, red peppers, Mm -hmm. and you add a half a cup of whiskey... And you fill the jar with a mixture of half olive oil and half vegetable oil. You cap the jar and let it sit for a month. Wow. You shake now and then during the the curing process. So this is a sauce that... But I've never, ever found another recipe with Piri Piri that had um, whiskey in it. Yeah. I haven't either. But I'm wondering, is this like the real way they used to do it? I don't know. Um... Pork and clams. Still haven't made it. Love it. It's ridiculous. I still oh, haven't so made good. it. And cl- and clams and chorizo. Oh, my goodness. And this calls for this <laughs> Makes me recipe, very happy. This recipe for pork and clams, otherwise known as cataplana. Yeah. I have a cataplana. I have a traditional cataplana from Brazil. Yeah. It's a big black earthenware pot. Deep. And that you make a cataplana in it. I also have a, a, a brass one, which is round, and it closes on a hinge. 
and you cook in it and you flip it over mid cooking. You can almost make like a paella in it and you flip it. Yeah, I have two <laughs> actually. So this calls for um, boneless pork butt. Mm-hmm. Do you, we talked about this before. Do you, do you have any preference of butt or shoulder? I don't. It's kind of the same, right? I mean, same, same fat, fat content. Yeah. I. Do you? I, I don't think I care. I mean, I've <laughs> I've done both, but I don't I don't think I really care about the difference. So I, I buy whatever's on sale. Right. So we have two pounds boneless pork butt, one and a half cups dry white wine, garlic, a dash of piri piri. Mm-hmm. Which you realize you're adding a little whiskey to this. Yeah. You're making faces. I, I, it doesn't appeal to me. I, but I have it's never only heard a little of bit of whiskey. <clears throat> it's, it's a half a cup of whiskey to like a quart. Yeah, it's not going to make a stuff. difference. I think I did make it one year, and it was probably, I'm going to say 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really. The whiskey in the fermentation process of the the chilies and yeah. the garlic in there, it uh, changes, and it just sort of this um, earthy. I don't think I've ever had it with whiskey in it. This is the and only. Did you book like I, it? Did you like? I it? really did, did like it. Right, yeah, so we'll... I really did like it. But it takes a month, so I didn't. Right. I tend to not. <laughs> not what I can't get today? you. I can't get you to make bacala because it takes three <laughs> days to soak. <laughs> I can't think that far in advance. Oh, let me start soaking the bog a lot. No. Um, That's funny. Pepper, bay leaves, paprika, onions, mm-hmm. and then the clams. So it sounds pretty basic here. It does. You place the pork cubes in a large bowl, mix the wine, garlic, piri-piri, a teaspoon of the salt, quarter teaspoon of the pepper, the bay leaves, and pour the mixture over the meat. Allow to marinate for two hours. Drain the meat well, reserving mm-hmm. the marinade. Um, okay. You brown the pork. Yeah. Uh, put it in a casserole dish with the reserved marinade. You simmer uncovered until the juices almost evaporate, about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Skim the fat. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in another deep saucepan, saute the onions, remaining olive oil till they are tender. Add the clams. Cook the... The remaining half teaspoon of salt, right? Remaining quarter teaspoon of pepper, and cook over high heat, covered for five minutes or until the clams open. Add the clams and juice to the pork and heat through. I gotta have this. Okay, let's make it. <laughs> let's go to the store right now. Get clams. Get pork. We could do this. We have the. We have it. I know, but I can't. I. I don't know. <laughs> you know me. I can't. I can't eat stuff like that. Um, so anyway, we have to go to break. When we come back, we're going to do more um, on our immigrant ancestors to include our Romanian Alrighty. ancestors when we we'll come back. We'll be back. back. 
Individuals and businesses with tax problems listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-695-8063. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-644-5944, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-644-5944 that's 1-800-644-5944 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio And welcome back to Food for Thought. We're back, and we're all about the ethnic foods today. We are. Um, I do want to talk, briefly talk about one ethnic cuisine at that after sort of going through the chapter, I realized that I never, ever want to try this. Okay. Okay. And that would be, no offense to mm-hmm. all of our Lithuanian friends out there, but... That would be, that's probably just a workman. Oh. That would be um, Lithuanian food. Right. Do you know, are you knowledgeable? I am not. Okay. Actually. Let me just, lay, let me just ramble lay, on. Lay it the, on me. Okay. Pressed cheese. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's basically made out of small curd cottage cheese and one pound dry curd cottage cheese or farmer cheese. And sour cream, and then somehow you press it, and it doesn't sound very good. And is it served like to put on a to spread like on, on something? Bread. Or, yeah. yeah, sounds okay. awful. Kugelis <laughs> potato pudding. How about that, Laura? Mm-hmm. Okay. Kielbasa, smoked sausages, cold beet soup, pork in gelatin, <laughs> raw sauerkraut with caraway. Are we are we okay, okay with passing so the, on that one? The next time I want to go to Lithuania, could you please <laughs> smack me in the face? No, that's that not true. I'm awful. sure there's redeeming qualities oh. in everywhere. We shouldn't be discriminating or disparaging any one cuisine. Well, you know, it's just it's not good, Laura. 
Well, okay, you don't so know that. I'm sure there's some delicious. Let's go to a more p- appealing cuisine. And this is, again, from the Ancient Ancestors book. Yes. Um, and I, I realize that I don't really have a lot of experience with Hawaiian cuisine. I mean, I basically, I think of Hawaiian, I think pineapples and I coconuts. Think, I think pork. Yeah. I think fish. Yeah. I know when my mom came back from Hawaii, she had me making all sorts of things for her. <laughs> um, my mom loved pork. I made quite a few pork items with a sort of a sweet component to it. Um, you know, there's, there's poi, but it's kind of gross. I think it's just like a root paste. Have you ever had poi? I don't think I was in Hawaii once. I don't think I had poi when I was oh, there. I remember your story. My uh, nightmare Hawaii story. Oh my gosh. Should just, I tell it? it? Did I ever tell it on the air? You did tell it on the uh, air. Right, never mind. It's pretty hilarious. Anyway, though. some dude I met on match.com. Yeah. Flew me to point to uh, Hawaii, and I remember you were lost in the middle of nowhere and had like one, your phone was dying, and you called your girlfriend. And yeah, because this guy, I I'm find out the... this guy's got a girlfriend. Okay, so, and I'm like, what? You know, so I leave his house at like four in the morning, oh my God. crying, and he's out in the middle of. He lived on Kauai, so it wasn't one of the built-up islands. Was, he was in the middle of nowhere, and I'm running, you know, with my stupid suitcase. And my cell phone's about to die, and I'm in the middle of nowhere. So I calm, I panic. You couldn't do that nowadays. What? You'd be murdered. This is only like 10, this is like 15 years ago. Okay, 15 years ago is not today. <laughs> you know, like how people used to hitchhike. People don't okay, hitchhike now anymore. Now Kauai is dangerous. <laughs> I don't think so. But anyway, so I, I, uh, my cell phone's about to die and I don't have a charger. So I call my friend in New Jersey, begging her to, to I'm trying to find a street sign to see where there's not even any street signs, you know, and to tell her where I am to, to, to call a cab. And she's like, D, just, just, and I'm standing there. She goes, just go in a restaurant and, and say, please, I have to plug in my phone. And I said, Warren, chickens I have something. chickens running around my feet right now. <laughs> there were literally chickens running around in circles around me. There's oh no God. restaurant. Anyway. Too hysterical. So anyway, here's so, a... So pork is a huge staple. Yes, and here is an interesting... Usually with a sweet component. I remember that was the one thing that right. I did make for my mom. It was like pork with orange sauce and it was actually delicious. This I had never heard of. It's called I think it's pronounced Lao Lao. Mm-hmm. And it's made with two ounces of butterfish or this is an ancient recipe by the way. Okay. This is two ounces of butterfish or black cod pre- freshly salted. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean salt cod. That means freshly salted, salted well, and then leave it in the refrigerator for three hours. Right. Um, you get leaves for wrapping to include, you know, dry bamboo. Um, I just want to make sure we're still recording. <laughs> dry, dry bamboo, dried lotus leaves. Um, or you could use um, frozen banana leaves, which you can find pretty readily in right. most uh, freezer sections. Four ounces of boneless pork butt cut into three three quarter inch cubes. Two or three spinach leaves. 
one tablespoon spinach stems cut into... I've never heard a recipe emphasizing the stem on the spinach. Right. So you prepare the salted fish ahead of time. You soak the leaves. Mm-hmm. Then drain. Mm-hmm. Set out a large banana leaf, one drained lotus leaf, and or four bamboo leaves. Plate, place the salt fish pork and spinach leaves and stems in the center of the leaves wrap up in a tight little bundle with a tie to string it Mm -hmm. place them in a bamboo or metal steamer for one hour i mean it's weird but traditionally it's done in a pit like i was just talking about in mexico right layer it with leaves they can do it with fish or with pork but here they're and they cover it they're pairing Two ounces of raw fish mm-hmm. with four ounces of boneless pork butt. Yeah, it's mostly it's it's mostly pork. You can do it with either or or both. So it seems that this pork and fish concept, as in the pork and clams, mm-hmm. um, is a thing. Mm-hmm. Pork and fish is a thing. Okay, fish in coconut milk. Yeah. So it calls for one pound of white fish, um, skinless, boneless. He, su- he suggests cod, snapper, or halibut, but it must be fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, kosher salt, lime juice, garlic, scallion, coconut milk. Place the fish in a stainless steel or glass bowl. Mix the salt and lime juice and toss with the fish. Allow to marinate for four hours. Oh, this is like a ceviche kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so I am going like- to make this. That sounds good. I have never made this. I've never done a Hawaiian sort of ceviche. So it's the just the lime juice, mm-hmm. salt, garlic, scallions, coconut milk, and white onion garnish with toasted sesame seeds. Sounds good. Like, why can't we have a restaurant nearby that serves this? Because I could actually eat this, Laura. Mm-hmm. There's so many really places good. I can't eat things. Um, Kahlua pig. Okay. (laughs) Um, For the true version of this dish, you need a great hole in the backyard lined with volcanic rocks. (laughs) (laughs) This is called an emu oven. Have you ever heard of an emu oven? This is is new to me. It's like, I'm assuming it's like a wood-fueled, like a uh, brick, you know, a brick oven, like a, like a pizza oven. This recipe calls for liquid smoke, which I don't understand that being very ancient ancestry yeah. to me. I don't. I I'm not a big fan, fan of the liquid smoke. No. You? No. No. Um, this is a very boring recipe. Paul, pour, rub the pork with salt and liquid smoke. Put the spinach in the center of, of the wrapping leaves. Put the pork on. The, so it's, again, wrapping pork with um, banana leaves. Mm-hmm. Poi. You've had poi. Yeah. I have not. Mm-hmm. It's taro. It's taro root. Taro root. Okay. It, it can be sliced and cooked. It can be cooked like potatoes. It could be mashed. Mm-hmm. All different forms. So it's just you steam and peel fresh taro until tender, about one and three quarter hours. Mm-hmm. Break up into chunks and put in a food processor. Right. Add some of the reserved water as you go. And so the result is that the paste consistency of sour cream, but much more grainy. Add a bit of salt and coconut milk. What do you serve it with? Is that the stuff you just eat with your fingers? 
You can serve it as a side dish. You serve, it's like a potato. So you're serving it as a side dish. Or you can put it in a leaf and form it almost like you would form a tamale. So how come all of none of the cool um, hipster chefs of today aren't serving any poi? Because we're not in Hawaii. <laughs> but it would oh, be but you cool. know what everybody's serving now is poke. Which they, I've heard it so many different ways. I've heard it poke. I've heard it pokey. I believe it's poke. And, you know, with fish. That was my next, that's the next recipe. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty traditional. Aku poke. Mm -hmm. Pound of raw fish, tuna or salmon, cubed, skinless and boneless. Mm -hmm. Teaspoon of kosher salt. One cup of seaweed. Hijiki in, in Japanese markets, dried to soak for 30 minutes in warm water, then drain and rinse well. I'm not a sea fi- seaweed aficionado, oh, I love as it. you know. I love it. Actually, No, I, I love it, but I don't. I haven't worked with uh, tons of different, there's oh, okay. a million variations of it. Right. And I'm used to having seaweed salad, which is like that prepared product that you get at w- wakami. Sushi, sushi restaurants. Wakami, yeah. Yeah. Um, Chili pepper. So again, it's just fish, seasoned fish, seasoned yep. fish. So fish, salt. Sometimes seaweed. there's sometimes there's a citrus in it. Chili pepper mm-hmm. and Tabasco. Yeah, that's it. Not even lime juice or anything. No, it's like a ceviche, but it's a it's not it's not an acidic. Macerated. It's not cooking like a ceviche would cook. It's, it's from just the acidity. Plain it's raw. Just raw. It's good. <laughs> no, I think I think yeah. I would like it. And Especially, that is something that all the shishi um, chefs are doing. And I could eat that too. So who would like some raw salmon with the seaweed in it and and chili flakes? I would love it. <laughs> okay, like this is why I have to open a restaurant. Why you know why can't we have any like these are also sort of healthy dishes, mm-hmm. but they're decadent at the same time. Mm-hmm. They're decadent because you don't you don't I have it every day. Completely agree. I could eat I could eat a, a nice portion of this and and not feel like stuffed. I would just feel pleasantly. Or you can make it for yourself. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But I don't cook for myself. I know. You know what I have? You know what cook I had for, for breakfast? Your boyfriend. Microwaved whiting. <laughs> okay, that's what I had for breakfast. Whiting. Microwaved whiting. Oh my god. With some crushed red pepper on it. Whiting. I just I bought a bag of frozen fish. <laughs> okay, and I, like I usually I try to also switch it up. And you know why I do that? I know you've had I've seen you have I salmon. have salmon a lot, but right. I try to switch up if I'm doing these frozen fishes. You know why? Because I don't trust I don't trust a lot of these fish sources. So I feel like if I'm giving myself a constant stream of let's say swai, which mm. where the hell does that come from? Vietnam. Yeah. And it's gross. It's like tilapia. And I have eaten that. Yeah. And it's I like, like tilap- it. It's like a, yeah, it's like a. They're a, raised the same way? I believe so. Sway. Sway. I thought mm-hmm. it was sway. Mm-hmm. Sounded more <laughs> ominous. Um, <laughs> poke. Now, why, why are we in poke? Oh, poke. Poke. Yeah, I would love that. But again, we're talking now about this one looks we're talking better. about regional dishes. You know, these are things that were traditionally in Hawaii. So if you're in the middle of New Jersey, you're not really getting it. This oh. one is nice. This Although one is it nice. has made itself, it's now in the mainstream and you go in, a, you know, places in the city have poke. Right. 
It's like um, why don't we? It definitely don't it's have like pho. Same thing, you know. It was a Vietnamese soup, like a, a udon soup, and now there's pho places all over the place. Okay, so this one has uh, the white fish, cod, snapper, halibut, cut up into small pieces. Uh, white onions, scallions, fresh ginger, yeah, which is nice. Peeled or unpeeled? I would peel. <laughs> I uh, would not peel. One chili pepper. Red or green. Mm-hmm. One tablespoon light soy sauce. He says, not light as in L-I-T-E. See page 46. So I don't know what that means. L-I-G-H-T? Light. Light. Yeah. I get low sodium. That's I always prob- buy low that's sodium. That's probably what he okay. means, right? Um, pinch One teaspoon of sesame oil. So this sounds yummy with the little soy, little sesame, ginger, um, and then garnish with sesame seeds. That sounds good. I could eat that. Every day. <laughs> lomi lomi salmon. Mm-hmm. One and a half pounds moist smoked salmon. Tomatoes, scallions, onions, one cup crushed ice. What the heck? Wow. <laughs> what? Moist salmon or salted salmon or lox. Okay. Um... You just mix this all together. You mix that together, the smoked salmon, diced tomatoes, scallions, onions, and a cup of crushed ice. Hmm. You ever heard of that? Um, Shiitake. Well, actually, my dad, whenever he would have uh, fresh tomatoes off the vine, he would mix it with a little bit of salt dried oregano and ice cubes and as he he would stir it a little bit of olive oil as he would stir it the ice would melt it would uh, soften up the oregano it would make almost like a dressing but it was water but and because it was cold it was a tomato right off the vine it was you know melting and in two minutes you'd have a juicy that you dip bread in oh my gosh wow yeah um last one uh, spinach and squid this one, how this could be authentic and ancient, I don't know. <laughs> Two 10-ounce boxes of frozen whole spinach right there. Frozen spinach? All right. One, get this, one 10 and, a th- and three-quarter ounce can of cream of chicken soup. Okay, get close that book now. I that's, know. That's I've not, just, not, he's just lost yeah, all just credibility. lost everything. Bye-bye. Absolutely. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Well, this is perfect timing oh, because perfect we're timing. running we're running out of time. Running out of time. Hopefully, we're going to have a location taping for next week. Did you know that? Uh, I did not. I'm just wishful thinking. Well, I'm hoping we Mr. Might. Salt House Salt gets House back gets back, back to, to us. Me. That should be yeah. cool. That's where Martins used to be, right? Uh, no, Martins is still there. Yeah, but it's it's w- next the location. It's, a, it's across from Martins. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, please. Thanks for listening. I like Martins. And please join us next week on Food for Thought. See you then. <laughs>